Today on Your Money, Your Wealth. Whether you call it the barn door, the garage door, the Roth two-step, you asked for more about the tax-saving backdoor Roth IRA conversion strategy, and Big Al and, reluctantly, Joe are here to serve, for now at least. They'll discuss whether you should wait until retirement to do a backdoor Roth conversion, the pro rata rule, self-employed MAGI, that's Modified Adjusted Gross Income versus AGI, and how capital gains work with conversions. Then, for a change of pace, the fellows will cap off this episode with how to strategize for if and when the estate planning step-up in basis tax laws change, whether a high-yield savings account is a good option for investing $25,000 in cash, and listener comments. I'm producer Andy Last, and here are the hosts of Your Money, Your Wealth, Joe Anderson, CFP, and Big Al Clopine, CPA. If you want to join the party, this is what you got to do. You got to go to yourmoneywealth.com, click on Ask Joe in L on the air. You can write a little email or you can actually ask a question uh, like this gentleman did. Love the show, Joe and Al. Thanks very much. Calling about Roth rollover or backdoor Roth conversions. My wife and I are 58, planning to work another five to 10 years. We're in one of the higher income brackets right now, 24%, and we expect our income to stay high above 250000 a year. But 89 to 90% of our retirement assets are in a traditional IRA. That's about $850,000. The question is, is there any opportunity for us to do a backdoor Roth IRA now, or should we wait until we retire in five to 10 years when our income tax bracket will be much lower? And what could we expect as far as longevity of of that Roth and the benefits of waiting until that retirement income is much lower? Thank you for taking the question. Keep up the great work. Bye. Uh, Okay, great. Al, I guess he's asking a a couple of different things here, right? He's, He's talking about a backdoor Roth IRA and then a Roth conversion, and maybe he's combining the two. That's what I was thinking too, Joe. But we'll we'll kind of take both. So a backdoor Roth IRA for all of you uh, first-time listeners is that there's income qualifications to put money directly into a Roth as a contribution. Uh, So roughly, if you're single, you make over $130,000. You you can't directly put money into a Roth. And if you're married, it's about $200,000. So... He is over the $200,000 mark, so he cannot directly put money into a Roth IRA as a contribution. So he's thinking, should I do a backdoor Roth IRA conversion? What a backdoor Roth IRA does is that you can put money into a traditional IRA as long as you have earned income, and then you can convert it directly into a Roth IRA with zero taxes because it's an after-tax contribution that has basis. So if he's asking that, yeah, by all means, do those. But what we don't know, Alan, is that how much money does he have in traditional IRAs versus 401ks? Because people use those terms interchangeably. Well, he he actually said, uh, but 89 to 90% of our retirement assets are in a traditional IRA. That's about 850,000. But I think sometimes people will say, I have money in an IRA, but it's actually a 401k. It could be a true, 403b. True. It could be a TSD. So, so let's answer both ways. So if it's in an IRA, then the pro rata rules come into being. And so you do 
let's let's just say um, uh, 58, so over 50, a $7,000 uh, backdoor Roth. So you do a $7,000 contribution to an IRA, and then you turn around and convert it. Well, the IRS says you got to add the 7,000 to the 850,000 that you already have, even though it's a different IRA. And so now it's it's the ratio of 7,000 divided by, in this case, 857,000, which will be about 1% or so of that of that Roth of that IRA contribution will be tax free. So that's not a, necessarily a great idea. Um, although your tax rate is 24%, which isn't too bad. We'll come back to that in a second. Now, if it's all in a 401k, Joe, then it doesn't matter. The 401k dollars are not computed and not considered for purposes of the pro rata rule. Yes. So it depends on if it's an IRA versus 401k, but he states an IRA. So a backdoor Roth, if he puts $7,000 in, so you add... 7,000 to the 850, so 857,000 divided by 7,000, 3.7%. So 3.7% of the conversion is going to be tax-free. So I don't know if that's the right answer. Or did I do 387,000 or 800,000? Yeah, you're, you're off. It's about 1%. Oh, whatever. Think, think about seven. 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 No, I get seven, it. Seven into 700,000 would be 1%. It's less than that. 7,000. 857. Divided by 857. Um, yeah, it's about less than 1%, like I said. Yeah, <laughs> like you. That's what no. you thought. It didn't come out of your mouth that way, but that's okay. 0.8%. Yeah. God, it's so hot in here, too. It's just like <laughs> burning up. Andy, this studio is super hot. I, I haven't been there in six months, Joe. That's on you. <laughs> um. All right, 24% bracket. So 250,000. What's the top of the 24% tax bracket, Alan? Oh, for a married couple, around 325,000. Okay, so if he wants to stay in that 24% tax bracket, right? He's a backdoor Roth is going to give him 7,000, right? Where 80 bips is going to be tax free. Yeah. Or he convert to the top of the 24% tax bracket, which he could convert it in additional you know, hundred grand. Yeah. So I'm not sure what question he's asking, I guess is the point. Yeah. Well, there's a couple, and let me sort of clarify. He's one of the questions is, should he do something now or after retirement? Well, first of all, a contribution you can only do when you have earned income. So that would be now, not after you retire, unless you or your spouse have some earned income. Right. So assuming that you both retire and there's no earned income, you can no longer do a Roth contribution. That's the $6,000 per year, $7,000 a year if you're 50 and older. But a Roth conversion you can do at any time. And that's basically based upon, uh, you know, you can do any amount at any time, working or not, any age. But but you ought to have to consider your tax bracket. 24% tax bracket is actually not bad given where tax rates are going and where they may go. So I think that's part of the question is, is what, uh, what sort of bracket are you going to be in in retirement based upon your fixed income? And you kind of go from there. Right. I mean, he's going to work for another 10 years. He's 58 years old. They already got a million bucks roughly saved in a 401k plan. Um, I don't know. I think tax rates are going to go a lot higher than where they're at today. Uh, the 24%, we, 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 like a few years ago, the 25% tax bracket was kind of where we would look the the 15 or 25 those were really good brackets to convert the 24% tax bracket is giant so he might want to take advantage of that 24% tax bracket and it's like well 
the the longevity. I don't know. He's fifty eight. Let's say he lives another sixty. I mean, um, another twenty to forty years, uh, right? Compounding tax free. Th- th- there's a lot of benefits there. If so, it, but but I don't know what his fixed income is going to be in retirement. I don't know how much money he spends. So there's a lot more questions, I guess that that you would want to answer. Uh, but in 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 a vacuum. The, the 24% tax bracket isn't all that bad. I, I agree with you, Al. So he might want to look at converting, you know, in the bracket, maybe not to the top of it, but at least to get some chips off the table. Uh, Al, we got a, an email in from Stever. Stever. That's, Stever. that's uh, you know, the, when you hang around surfers, I, I know a few surfers in, in San Diego, they like to kind of call each other names like Stever or. Well, see. he lives in Coronado. Yeah, so. yeah. Yeah, so I'm, that's what I'm thinking. He's there's there's it's it's not the best surfing in San Diego, but there is surfing in Coronado. Stever, I don't know if I was named Steve and someone called me Stever, I might slap him in the face. Uh, it yeah, might be that. a typo, you guys. He might have accidentally put that R on the end. No, I don't know. I I think he goes I, I've been Stever. to Coronado. I guarantee it. I think I met Stever. <laughs> um, <laughs> he, he was on his shortboard right in the yeah. Way. Well, all right. So here, here's here's what he writes. Now, let's just say I drive a Mercedes uh, so because he, I know just, you care. He's I just, guarantee just saying you, it's not Stever. a Mercedes. <laughs> <laughs> Guaranteed, he wrote Stever. Um, right. And he wants to do a 2020 Roth conversion using pre-tax IRA account containing a few Hunsky. Uh, look at the vocabulary in Stever. So that, that's why I think he's a surfer. He's already <laughs> talking surfer lingo. A few Hunsky. Hunsky. All righty. Um, Hunsky to me. <laughs> I'm not even going to go there. All right. <laughs> While planning to leave a significant amount in the same IRA. For 2020, I will have wages of $300,000 plus long-term capital gains of around $500,000, which were a payout when the company I worked for sold. I believe I've heard you say that capital gains rest on top of income, but I'm not quite sure what that means. Does it mean capital gains don't count toward my income moving into a higher tax bracket? My wages are usually around 300000 In 2019, my marginal tax bracket was 24%, but I had very little capital gains. I married finally jointly and over 60 and starting to think about RMDs in the related tax rates. Although I'm a bit concerned I might end up in the 32% tax bracket, if or when I convert portions of the IRA, I'm questioning if it might be worth the tax hit, even at the higher tax bracket, given the historical stock market average gains around 10%. I've never heard you recommend converting at the 32%, but I'm pretty convinced tax rates are going up. And when I take an RMB, they will be significantly higher than the 24% tax bracket I'm in today. I'm interested in your opinions. Uh, if you think it might make sense to convert to the 32% rate, since the minimum time I expect to have a Roth is going to be um, over five years where I start chipping away at it. Uh, thanks for your thoughts in a very entertaining program. Stever, couple Hunsky in the old IRA, cruising <laughs> yeah, around in a Mercedes. A few, a few Hunsky. You think it's, it's probably like a, I'm going to guess about a 1998 Mercedes, maybe a diesel. <laughs> Definitely diesel. <laughs> um, okay. Well, I, I like his question here. So, so let, let, let's first start 
explain again, Alan. So his his wages is three hundred thousand. He's got a big capital gain this year of five hundred thousand. So yeah. he's like, okay, the capital gain sits on top. Does yeah, that what, mean what, what, the heck what does, does that, that mean? mean? Right. Right. So let's let's start there. So Steber, you're three hundred thousand of of income. And if you just do the standard deduction for a married couple, it's about twenty-five thousand. So your taxable income is about two seventy-five. We just mentioned the top of the twenty-four percent bracket is about three twenty-five. So actually, I'm so I'm ignoring the capital gains to start, Joe. I'm just going to do the ordinary income. So Steve could do a fifty-thousand-dollar Roth conversion, roughly, and still stay in the twenty-four percent bracket. So you you figure out the ordinary income rate first before you'd look at capital gains. That's why I say they sit on top of. So you go through that calculation, you got about $50,000 of room, Steve, in the in the um, 24% bracket. I'm crack myself up. <laughs> anyway, um, now capital gains. Capital gains uh, in roughly, once you get over about 500,000 of income, they go from 15% tax rate to 20%. So this Roth conversion, if you did it, the $50,000 would be taxed at 24%, but it would also push your 50,000 more of capital gains into the higher 20% rate. So that's a 5% delta. So you'd have another 5% tax on the capital gains. So really it's not 24, it's 29% tax rate when you think of it that way. And, um, and then of course you got state tax on top of that, which in California, given these amounts probably is, uh, 10.3 or even uh, yeah, ten, yeah probably 10.3%. So you another 10%. So you're you're close to 40%. It's kind of that's that's getting a little expensive, I think, to do a, a Roth conversion. Uh, I might wait until you don't have the big capital gain, so you don't have that extra tax, that extra capital gains tax. But but that's that's how you calculate this. You you calculate ordinary income tax first, and then you see what the capital gains taxes are. Because you have more ordinary income tax, it means your capital gains got pushed into a higher bracket for the capital side. Yeah, but I think the question there too is how much money does he have in retirement accounts that he wants to convert, right? We really yeah. don't know what that 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 well, is because a, if he's got millions and he's got a fixed income, let's say a, a, a large pension, um he's chilling in Coronado, right? So so the bracket might be a lot higher in the future for him depending on what his other fixed income sources are and how much money that he has and what the RMDs are going to be and so on. But I agree with you. Just with the information we have, 40% seems a little bit rich. Uh, But we have recommended converting in the 32% bracket. We've we've recommended converting in the 37% bracket uh, just because of the amount of money that someone has and where we projected their, their, their taxes going to be in the future. Yeah, and, and that's typically based upon someone that uh, it feels tax rates are going up, which we tend to believe as well. Joe and Big Al did a webinar on taxes last week, specifically for clients of Pure Financial Advisors, but then they decided it was so good they wanted everyone else to see it too. Click the link in the description of today's episode in your podcast app to go to the show notes at yourmoneyyourwealth.com to watch. You'll find out why the timing might be right for tax changes and how provisions from the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act of 2017, the CARES Act Coronavirus Stimulus Package, and the SECURE Act affect your taxes and retirement planning. Most importantly, you'll learn how strategies like the backdoor Roth IRA, tax loss harvesting, and tax gain harvesting, and beyond can help you to legally minimize how much you owe in tax. Share the webinar with everyone you know, and click Ask Joe and Al on air there in the podcast show notes to send in your money questions. 
Um, let's go with Jason from St. Paul, Minnesota. Right next to the Robbinsdale, Minnesota is where I grew up and was born. Just for those of you taking uh, taking score there. <laughs> yeah, and, you, and you go back, uh, what, every other year or so? Yeah. <laughs> I have less. But, well, Actually, I don't know. It depends. I guess if there's a funeral or a wedding, you know, yeah, um, then I'll go. Um, but yeah, my mom now lives in Maple Grove. Right. So Which, I, I don't know where that is. I assume haven't been to Minnesota. There. I haven't been to Robbinsdale uh, lately. Yeah. Jason's from St. Paul, uh, which is kind of a rival city for Minneapolis, but it's the Twin Cities, Alan. Just sure. you know, just to help yeah, you. Yeah, I did. I did know that. Yeah. Got it. The Minnesota Twins. Yep. <laughs> Hello, Andy, Joe, and Big Al. Love the show. Recently found the podcast in avid listener. Well, recently. All right. New listener. I learn something new every time I listen and feel that you are helping me and my wife be in a better financial position when I choose to retire. I mean, do you think Jason is chilling in St. Paul with his wife and this st- stupid podcast is like on a speakerphone or Alexa? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're just I think there. I think they're they're out running an error and he's got the show on and she's going, Oh, honey, come on. She's like, This is awful. Or do you think they're like, oh wow? I hope they talk about rocks. I think <laughs> I for think the next kinda, uh, couple of episodes, and then that's it. <laughs> I, th- oh. I think he's I think he's buttering up uh, us up a little bit, so we'll answer the question. I got it. All right, I have a question about doing backdoor Roth conversions in the pro rata rule. My wife and I each have about forty thousand dollars in traditional IRAs and a financial service company, Equitable, formerly AXA. Uh, we both rolled our four hundred three b to this IRA. Uh, when we left our old company many years ago. My wife also recently left her previous employee and left her 401k money there under Fidelity's retirement plan. We are not allowed to contribute to Roth directly because our um, we are over the income limits in considering annual backdoor Roths of the maximum allowable contribution amount. I've read we need to roll the traditional IRA to our current 401k before doing contribution conversion to avoid pro rata. What about the RSP? Is that still a 401k and or not calculated in the pro rata calculation? Lastly, is there any time backdoor Roth is not worth it? We are just barely in the 32% tax bracket and we expect our incomes to, to continue to grow over the years. We are 38 years old and would love to be FI. Oh, I guarantee they sit around and listen to this garbage. <laughs> he uses FI. It's financial well, independent. Financial independence. Oftentimes one spouse is more into it than the other. I'm going to guess it's Jason. Sounds Jason. like it's Jason. I don't know if you think, hey, honey, can't wait for <laughs> FI. Now he's uh, 38. Shouldn't Usually when you, when you start talking FI, you start saying 40. Yeah. Or 42. Well, Jason, 45, 45 he's, at the he's a brand new listener, Al. If he was yeah. listening like 10 years ago, he would have been he'd, FI. He'd already be there. He'd already be there. <laughs> uh, we currently spend less than what we make in retirement. Do not expect to do, uh, need the same amount of household net income as we make today. We each max out our uh, pre-tax 401k contributions. Um, her hitting federal limit in the H highly compensated limit. Ooh, HCE. Um we also max HSA and contribute to the 529. Please keep up the great work in energy you bring to each show. Thanks for all you do. 
piss derails get my belly laughing at times. Yeah. <laughs> belly Thank laughing. You, Jason. Belly laughing. Okay. Um, so Fidelity Retirement Savings Plan. Uh, that, the, That's the, what RSP stands for. Yeah. Yes, I understand. I got it. I was telling first... the listeners because you're like in the lingo and just jumping right over what RSP is. Yeah. I'm, He's just reading it. I'm just reading Fidelity Retirement Savings Plan. Yeah. Throw the four. Um, I would first talk to Fidelity Retirement Savings Plan, talk to the HR and say, hey, I would, um, can I get the paperwork to roll an IRA into my uh, Fidelity Retirement Savings Plan? The problem, though, with this, Al, is that she doesn't work there anymore. Right. Um, yeah. So I don't know where Jason's wife lives because she's hanging out with them, listening to this, talking about <laughs> FI. Um, you would have to roll the RSP into the 401k plan. We are not allowed to contribute to the Roth directly because of the income. My wife and I each have 40 can of traditional IRA. I don't know. Maybe the wife's not working. But yeah. Well, if she is working and she does have a, another 401k plan that allows uh, contribute rollovers into it, then she could do that. Yeah. If not, keep it in the RSP because then that would be the same as the 401k. That would not be included in the pro rata rules. Um, so roll the, or maybe Jason, because you're young, uh, just blow out her. If, if she doesn't have another retirement account to do the backdoor Roth for her, take the 40K and convert it, bite the bullet, pay the tax, right? And then if she's not working or have earned income, she can still make a, a non-deductible IRA contribution and convert that each year as a spousal contribution. So just because one spouse isn't working doesn't mean that um, that spouse still can't um, contribute. Um so I don't know if I missed something in translation, but I didn't see that she, but she she had a job, but they are both making good money. So I don't know if if she has another four hundred one k, move it into that. If not, keep it there, um, and then uh, chip away at the IRA. So, all right, Jason, thanks a lot for becoming a new listener. You know, there's something that's called a review. I don't know if you guys are familiar, um, but I don't know anything about it. Compliance doesn't really let me talk about it, and since I can't talk about it, Santiago writes in. He's 53 from Columbia City, Indiana. Uh, I'm a new listener to the show, and you all have become the show I must look forward to. Oh, look at Santiago. Thank you. Uh, thanks for the awesome content, Ken. You, you, all right, so here's the question. Can you use a backdoor Roth? God, are we the backdoor Roth IRA show? Now you are. We talk about it, I guess, a lot. It's because people ask about it. I'm not answering any more backdoor offs. <laughs> Santiago, I'm sorry. This is not the, 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 the this is not your uh, the, the show that you're going to look forward to anymore. <sighs> okay, can you use backdoor Roths and exceed the seven thousand dollar limit if you make less than the married filing jointly cut off for Roth eligibility? Thanks again. I appreciate your time. Um. So I don't really understand Santiago's question here. So let's see. Um, can, can you exceed the $7,000 limit if you make less? What, what do you think? Uh, the, well, the, the, the answer is no. You can $7,000 is the most you can put in when you're 50. But I'll say it this way. Um, Santiago apparently is married. So his spouse could put in $7,000. So actually, could, could they joint, jointly, if, as long as she's 50 and older, maybe she's in her 40s, I don't know. So if, if, if 40s or younger, 49 or younger, it's going to be 6,000, 50 and above, it's 7,000. So 
they can do that as a couple, but you can't double up on a Roth conversion just because you did a backdoor Roth. If that's what he's asking. I don't know what he's asking. I think he might be confusing the Roth contribution with what a uh, backdoor Roth conversion is. Well, it's the same thing. Yeah, it's just it's just a it's way just, to make a Roth, it's a way to make a Roth contribution when you're over the income limits. You just yeah, it's, it's, it's a Roth step. contribution with an extra step. Yep, that's really what it is. So let's just start calling it that. <laughs> Roth contribution with the, an extra step. Yeah, I think I like that a lot better than backdoor Roth. Then, don't some people, people call it the Roth two-step? Well, this is what well, I think you do, Andy. <laughs> yeah, I like that. That's, 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 that's even better, the Roth two-step. Because Roth he can convert as much as he wants out of an IRA. So I don't care how much money Santiago has. He can, the, the, the limit for conversion is unlimited. The amount that you can put into any IRA, Roth or traditional, is seven, 6000 He's over 50 so it's $7,000. If he wants to make a non-deductible IRA contribution, if he's over the income limits for a Roth IRA, he can make seven thousand. His wife can make seven thousand. He could convert both of those dollars in any additional retirement dollars that he has. The taxation of the conversion is going to be dependent on the pro rata basis that he has within the IRAs. So, hopefully, that helps, Santiago. Thank you for your first question, even though it wasn't that great. David from San Diego writes in, hello to all three. Having the three of you chime in while you're all answering questions is definitely entertaining. I've listened to many financial shows, and while I check in on those other shows once in a while, I listen to you every Tuesday when your podcast episode is released. That said, I figured I would send you a question that was not backdoor Roth related. Thank you so much, David. <laughs> I can't tell you how much I appreciate this. Uh, as it seems to be a too frequent topic on your show, and I think your show is the best when your show, um, when you show off your respective knowledge on variety of topics. Let's see, we're not just a one-trick pony. Yeah, thank you, one-trick pony. Uh, so hopefully, my questions stimulate a different discussion. Now, I guarantee, I have no idea how to answer this question. <laughs> Okay, uh, Joe and Al, um, I have. God. Joe and Joe? Al have helped me understand. Oh, thank you very much. Andy. Joe and Al have helped me understand my <laughs> philosophy. He's, so he's just like talking to a group of people here. Right. Like he's hosting the show. What, what the <laughs> hell do you need me for? I thought he's asking me a question, but he's talking I, I think, like to I the think group. We, I think we get one eventually. May not finish it for this segment, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, he wrote four pages here. All right. <laughs> Joe and Al have helped me understand my philosophy on how I wish to retire, mainly that I want to pay as little in taxes from tax-deferred retirement accounts and that my comfort is with paying taxes now and withdrawing from Roth accounts later. 100% agree with Al that I will not miss or feel the tax savings in the future. That has already changed my life, truly. Thank you. I've become self-employed last year and contribute $19,000 max for 2019 in a self-employed Roth 401k account I started, thanks to your show. Uh, and I'll be doing the same for 2020 because my clients paid me for 2019 work in 2020 and because I recently landed a client that will pay me a greater retainer fee and will pay on time. Well, there you go. 
my income this year, 2020, will be about $160,000 after minor deductions for the business. My spouse has a salary, stable employment of $80,000 for the year, and contributing on a pre-tax basis to the 401k. She's maxing it out, so her income will roughly be $61,000. My understanding is that with a $221,000 combined income as a married family joint, will not allow us to contribute to Roth IRA. I know that my wife could contribute to Roth 401k, but given the uncertainty of the year, we did not expect to crush the threshold for Roth IRA Maji income levels. I'm having trouble understanding the difference between calculating Maji and AGI and have looked around a lot with no luck. I'm hoping you could talk about what obvious deductions exist are allowed to reduce our modified adjusted gross income that would make it possible to contribute to Roth IRA for 2020. I have very few business expenses that are basic utilities like phone and internet. I work from home, small 25 square foot place, insurance like years and emissions and professional liability as I'm a service, uh, not selling products. My wife has healthcare through work, so no expenses there. Can I pay for life insurance through my company and, adducted, uh, and deducted through the modified adjusted gross income? Can I pay for the advertisement and send out Christmas cards and deduct that? <laughs> Any suggestions or leads to more information would greatly be appreciated. Luckily, I have not made those Roth contributions, so do not have to worry about taking the money out. Thank you in advance and considering my question as part of your awesome show. This guy should do a backdoor Roth IRA. <laughs> I swear to God. After all this, he's like, you know. I'm not going to ask about it, but maybe that's what I need to do. I know. It's like, I don't <laughs> want to ask about it. The show sucks because it's the backdoor Roth IRA show. I'm all excited because I thought he's going to ask us something that has, he wants to put money into a Roth. He makes more money than the allowable limit. He's got a 401k. His wife's got a 401k. He wants to make a Roth contribution. The guy's a prime candidate for a app. Uh, Back to a rock. Here, I've got I've got another approach, Joe. I swear, <laughs> and, right? And well, yeah, but but listen to this. So so he's self-employed, and he's only talking about the employee contribution, nineteen thousand. You can also put in about twenty-five percent of the profit, and it's not quite that simple. But we'll, we'll just go with that number, right? So twenty-five percent of the profit. Let's just say it's at one fifty because you got to deduct the self-employment tax half of that on on, on that. So so anyway, it's it'd be roughly thirty-seven thousand dollars that he could deduct on the employer side. That would be could be a straight deduction. If so, so there there you, you just that alone gets him down below the the Roth contribution limit, or. If he doesn't like that idea, he can certainly buy the Christmas cards or prepay anything for that matter in his business, get the deduction this year because most businesses are cash basis. So it's when you pay for something that it's deductible. You have to go with, do it within reason though. They'll, they'll allow you to deduct maybe one month of rent, but not two or three, you know, in, in terms of supplies, maybe a month or two of supplies, but not a whole year. So just be careful there. Yeah, he could buy a bunch of gifts too for his clients, right? And deduct that could but there's a $25 limit on gifts so people tend to call those promotion instead of gifts to get around that rule <laughs> you didn't hear it from me <laughs> all right okay I, well, just an observation i've seen got it yeah we're just we're a couple of kids who's talking taxes 
Check the podcast show notes for more free backdoor Roth resources. You can read our blog, which dives deeper into the nuts and bolts of the strategy. And you can listen to previous YMYW episodes that answer even more backdoor Roth questions. Then download the 2020 tax planning guide. You'll get important tax deadlines, the 2020 tax brackets, issues and updates for the year, tax strategies, and actions you can take. Click the link in the description of today's episode in your podcast app to go to the show notes at yourmoneyyourwealth.com to access all of these free resources. And don't forget to hit the share button and send this bad boy out via email or on social media to everybody you know. We got Charles um, in Folsom, California. Is uh, that where there's a prison? That's uh, Johnny Cash, my friend. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, yes. Love Johnny Cash. So Folsom, two of us. Folsom Prison. He shot a man in Reno. Just to, to watch, watch him die. die. There you go. <laughs> Good boy. That... Yeah, that's uh, tough. Always wore black. Yes, sir. Tough guy. Um, hi, Joe, Al, and Andy. Thanks for everything that you do. I started listening to your podcast earlier this year and haven't missed one since. Um, all right. My question, I'm concerned about potential tax property changes coming if Biden wins, especially when it comes to the loss of stepped up in basis on an inherited home. Uh, my parents' Bay Area home is worth $1.5 million. They paid $400,000 for it. My parents are in their late 80s and are in good health. Are there any actions my three siblings and I can take now to avoid this potential tax burden? Create some sort of trust, maybe have my parents deed us the house now, and of course, continue to let them live there uh, so we can get uh, the stepped up in basis before the law changes. There must be something creative and legal uh, we should be considering, right? I don't want to end up in Folsom prison uh, for tax avoidance, evasion. Uh, so be gentle, guys. I can see the prison walls from the corner of our upstairs balcony. So it's a constant reminder to follow the law. Thanks, Charles and Folsom. Not inside, inside the prison. The prison. <laughs> okay, well, good. I'm glad we clarified that. Uh, that's awesome. What would you like that for a view? Get up yeah, in the right? morning, get a little cup of coffee, open up your bedroom like, window, and just look at the prison. <laughs> it's like, now that's a way to start your day. Honey, I'm doing my taxes. We're going to stretch on the contributions. Wait a Okay, never mind. We're, we're going to be honest. In fact, I'm not even going to count half of them. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So a couple of things. So let's first talk about stepped up in basis. So his parents got a $1.5 million home in the Bay Area. They paid $400,000 for it. Uh, so if there is no step up in basis, and let's say Charles um, inherits that home, he's got a 1.1, him and his siblings have a $1.1 million gain in the house because they bought it for $400,000. They sell it for $1.5. $1.1 is the actual capital gain. Um, but however, how the law sits today is that if they inherit that house, uh, their basis changes from $400,000 to $1.5. So at the date of death, the uh, benefactors, the, the inheritors, then take the basis of the deceased. Uh, or or th they take their own basis at the date of death, uh, death of the deceased. So they died. It's worth $1.5 million. Now that is Charles and his siblings' basis. They sell it the next day, zero tax due. So Charles is thinking, okay, well, if they get rid of stepped up in cost basis, um, my siblings and I are going to pay a bunch of tax and how do I go about doing the appropriate planning uh, that I can avoid 
at least some of the tax burden without putting himself inside Folsom prison. <laughs> um, I think that's a good summary. Okay. So can you create some sort of trust? So there's an, a, not for the stepped up in basis for state taxes. So there's two different taxes there too at death, depending on the size of the state. So if there's an estate tax, you could do like a, a an estate freeze, but that doesn't really help the basis issue. No, it doesn't. And, and yeah, so let's just start right there. So if you set up a trust or you do any kind of transfer uh, absent a sale, right? Absent a sale, then it just goes over at the same basis, right? It's a, it's a transfer into a trust, transfer to the kids. It, it goes over as the parent's basis. To get a stepped up in basis while your parents are living, they'd have to sell it right? Which is a possibility. They could sell. They've lived in it presumably two out of the last five years. They get a $500,000 exclusion and they only pay tax on 600000 But Joe, I think that the bigger issue is, is there going to be a change in the state taxes? Because Biden did mention, maybe we'll get rid of the state taxes and get rid of the step up in basis. That's why we have step up in basis, because if you have to pay an estate tax, you shouldn't have to pay a capital gain at the same time. Now the estate tax exemption is so high that almost everybody or almost nobody pays estate tax, but we all get a step up in basis. So yes, Biden did talk about that. Will that possibly go through? Very doubtful. I mean, anything's possible, but this would have to be gone through Congress uh, and the Senate and uh, the president passed into law. Very, very unlikely. And I'll tell you why. It's because it'll affect mom and pop and everybody else, not just the wealthy. It affects everybody. So the likelihood of this happening to me is, is 1%. That, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, and I, I would say this generally about tax proposals from presidential candidates or any other kind of candidates for that matter. They're just discussion points. Don't, don't think that they're, they're going to be lots. It's hardly anything happens based upon what people say. Right, 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 right. A um, couple of things too, to, to note, if, if there's a gift, right? So let's say mom and dad gifted the, the property to Charles. Uh, well, the, a gift, you keep mom and dad's basis. So just remember that as well. So sometimes it's like, well, here, let me gift this out or put you on title. Um, you, you, you very rarely do, do you want to do that. Um, so anyway, Charles, thanks so much for the question and stay out of jail. Roberto writes in, hi there. I have $25,000 in the bank. Would appreciate your advice on how to proceed in investing or how I can get the most out of it. I hear a high-yield savings account. Please advise. What, the, what do you think, Al? <laughs> Roberto, keep the money. I don't know. Go to a high-yield savings account. Uh, there's a couple more things we need to know. Like, what's the money for? When are you going to need it? How old are you? What are your other accounts? Uh, a whole variety of things to help you figure out how to invest something. But if I just look at this in a bubble, you could go probably to your credit union. I don't know what they're currently paying. 0. 0.6, 0. 0.8. It's better than zero, but not much more. A high yield savings account. I'm not really quite sure what he's referring to, but I, I don't think you'll find anything more in a savings vehicle any more than about a percent, if that right now. Yeah, we need a little bit more information. And we don't advise on this show, Roberto. Uh, once again, thank you all for your questions and comments. I really appreciate it.
enjoy the the comments we get the re reviews what are they called comments comments yes comments um jake boston massachusetts ymyw is a great financial podcast it is never grows old definitely worthy of five stars and more and he does a great job keeping Joe and Big Al on track. The show is informative as well as entertaining, and the derails can't be missed. I usually listen while I'm walking, and it makes the miles go by quickly. Keep up the great work. A loyal listener from Boston. Thanks, Jake, from Boston, Massachusetts. Um, I was going to read something here. Um, Judy from San Diego writes in. She's like, yeah. you were right. It's pronounced Islip. She was saying that to me. Oh. Named from the canals of Long Island that are shaped like a capital. I. Capital I. With a bar across the top. I grew up there. I slip. Yep. I. Got it. What did you say? Islip. Islip? Yep. Got it. Hello. I'm a big fan. This is from Phil, writes in. Hello, I'm a big fan of the YMYW podcast. Your host botched the pronunciation of Eastlip. <laughs> Wait a minute. Only one host botched it. Now, I didn't say uh, Please tell Joe and Big Al, Big All, that it's pronounced <laughs> East Islip. Thanks. Keep up the great show. So, is it East? It's East Islip. Islip, yes. East, ice slip, ice slip, ice slip. There you go. Or ice slip. It could, slip. It could be ice slip or ice slip. But it's not is slip. <laughs> one one uh, Judy said it's ice slip, and Phil said it's ice lip. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so we have a difference in opinion there too. Yeah, I don't know. Just no move. one. No one knows what to say on this one. Well, Judy says she's from there, so I trust her. Got it. Got it. All right. Well, thank you very much for um, – I botched. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Joe and Big All. Yeah. Like, you botched your email, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So, oh, boy. Uh, Tom from Texas writes in, hey, was listening to our fire YouTube video. And so Al and I did a TV show on the fire movement. And then you mentioned this movement started with millennials. I don't think we ever said it started with the millennials. I think saving money started probably a thousand years ago. But maybe we said it's. I, well, we may have, I may have said something like um, it, it sort of caught on with the millennials. I, I don't know. I don't remember what I said. Yeah, you probably said it started with the millennials. <laughs> it's probably. on tape, so it's probably, Tom's probably right. Whatever I said, I said. Now, this idea or concept, as I'm sure you agree, has been along, uh, around much longer than the millennials have been alive. <laughs> it's like Tom is pissed off here. Apparently. <laughs> God, I hate the millennials. <laughs> I can't believe you gave them credit for that. <laughs> It was my idea. It was my idea. Yeah. <laughs> the benefit they have over prior generations is technology. So they're the lucky bastards that got technology that can leverage. He goes, I own 30-year-old books. 
He's got books older than these millennials that are worth more than these millennials will ever have. Ugh. That's not what it Tom, does. Calm down. Jeez. <laughs> Settle down. So, well, Tom's living the dream. He said he's been living fire on 30% of gross income for decades. So, Tom needs some credit. Tom, you're part of the fire moment. Thank you for your... Yeah. He's on fire. He's, he's one of the he's one of the early pioneers, I think. Yeah, cantankerous. He's in his fifties yeah. and he sounds like he's seven. <laughs> I got underwear older than these damn millennials. <laughs> it does seem you get more crotchety as you get older. Ugh. Tom's in Texas. Texas is a nice place. You know? Yeah, yeah. They get fired uh, up there in Texas, yeah. don't they? Thank you all for your feedback. We love hearing what you think. And Jason, Jake, and all the other fans of The Derails, we got a couple shorties waiting for you at the end of today's episode. Your Money, Your Wealth is presented by Pure Financial Advisors. Click the Get an Assessment button in the podcast show notes at yourmoneyyourwealth.com or call 888-994-6257 for your free financial assessment. That's 888-994-6257. Pure Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor. This show does not intend to provide personalized investment advice through this broadcast and does not represent that the securities or services discussed are suitable for any investor. Investors are advised not to rely on any information contained in the broadcast in the process of making a full and informed investment decision. My name's Joey Anderson. I'm a certified financial uh, pr- um... planner. You're a planner. Planner. That's what You're I You're going to say, what, pruner? I don't know. You like to prune bushes? I don't know. Today, I don't know. I I might go there. I prune prune your expenses, and that way you end up having the lifestyle you want. Of course, you can't spend anything because I've already pruned them. I'm going to be a a green thumb, Al. I'm just going to hang out in the garden. (laughs) I think so. Oh, I watched that Netflix, that one show with the guy that killed his wife and kids. I don't recommend that. (laughs) Was, Was that in Texas? No, it wasn't. It was in Colorado. Yeah. I remember seeing that on the news. What's it? It was like murder in the hometown or something like that. You guys haven't heard of this? No. Uh-oh. No. Yeah. So the guy, you know, lost some weight, got all ripped and cut, and then started dating this little hottie inside. And then next thing you know, you know, he wants to break it up with the wife, and she probably said no. So instead of divorce, uh, it kills her. So. Um, oh, sorry. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> Don't watch the show. That's the conclusion. Spoiler. Uh, and on that happy note. It, it doesn't. It doesn't end um, happily. <laughs>